B-Pod Studios. Sports Hub. Zolak. Fair question. Yeah. Does that attract the female or the male? Bertrand. That seems unlikely just based on you don't think a turkey can go that fast. Zolak and Bertrand. 98.5. The Sports Hub. There it is. High fly ball. Way, way up there. And it is gone. Very high. And just got into that front row. And Xander touches them all for the fourth time this season. I don't know the answer to this question. I know what you will answer to this question, but I will ask. Are there negotiations going on between you and Xander? You know that I, that I wouldn't talk about that. You already knew that when you asked. I did. Um, I did. But look, you know, in all, in all seriousness with this, I think I understand, oh, you know, obviously <laughs> we didn't come to any sort of extension agreement before the season. I think the, the important thing is we know Xander wants to, uh, wants to be here. We want him to be here. We don't have an agreement yet, um, but we're trying to stay focused on the task at hand, and uh, you know that's that's what we're all doing. And we know where everybody wants to stand up, and uh, you know we've got time to see what happens there. Nesson interviews are hard to swallow sometimes, aren't they? They really are. State well, media. I mean, it's it, it's what it is. Yeah. It's in-house media disguised as a network. It's what it is. When the team owns that much of the network, they're the primary owner. They own 80-something percent of it. And they've fired people in the past. you got to go back a number of years, but they've fired people for being too critical of their baseball team. But anyway... You know that I that I wouldn't talk oh, about that. You, you already knew that when you asked. I did, um, I did. But look, you know, in all... Uh, I would have said, what's your response to Xander Bogart saying that he would listen to offers? What, what's your response to that? What's your response to Xander's friend saying that he's, you know, thinking about moving on? You know that I, that I wouldn't I talk know, about that. I know, I just thought for, you know, bleeps and giggles, we'd ask you, what, what is it with you guys and your lowball offers to uh, star players? What is that? What, what's with this? I'm $30 million extra. What is that? Four and ninety. Do you think? Did did you at any point in time think that he would accept your ridiculous offer? I know you won't answer, Heim, but do you do you think that he would have taken that ridiculous offer that you made to him? (laughs) Throw the chuckles in there to soften the blow. You know that I that I wouldn't talk about that. Uh, Sam Kennedy talked yesterday. Was this also on Nesson? Sam Kennedy? Bloom was two days ago. This was Kennedy yesterday. Kennedy yesterday. A state, a state of the Union here. Here we go. Hyam was here last night and we talked about that, but it was interesting when you had Bogarts earlier in the week tell Peter Abraham, yeah, we're open to something if the right deal comes across during the season. Scott Boris tells Peter Abraham last night, no, 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 we'll talk after the season. There are mixed messages there. As an organization, how do you sort of sift through that and figure out what's the right thing to do? Look, there's uh, we never uh, set any firm policies or draw any any hard line in the sand, especially with a player like Sandra Bogart. So, um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll talk if, if, if it's appropriate to talk and, and we'll listen. Uh, but most importantly, uh, Xander knows how we feel about him. And I know that people get tired of hearing us say that, but how can you not love Xander Bogart and everything he stands for and everything he's accomplished? He's a, uh, a World Series champion. He's just a great person. He's a leader of this team. And look what he's doing. He's keeping everybody positive. He's performing at the highest level. We're very grateful for that. And um, I hope he stays with us for, for forever and at a dog crap rate is what we would prefer we, we offered him a pile of crap and we're hoping that he takes it 
That's what we did. <laughs> we offered him we a big it. steaming pile of dog poo. When it's in the, you know, when it's in the bag and it's still warm because you picked it up <laughs> off your neighbor's lawn. We threw that right into his locker. You're trying to hold it up said, by the part where you yeah, tied it, but no, every I, once in a while it bumps into your knuckle and you can still kind of feel the warmth oh, on the bag. And you're like, oh, this oh, one's God. a little soft. I got to double bag oh. this one today. Uh, oh, I hope I didn't get any crap on my hands. <laughs> yeah, let me throw that in your, uh, let me throw that into your locker, Xander. Man. Take that. We love you. We're so grateful for you, Xander. Here's your offer. <laughs> <laughs> And we got your replacement dog, too. We got a new one in the holster. Oh, I accidentally picked up a stick at the same time uh, and poked a little hole in the bag. Now the smell is wafting out. Oh, oh we're so cheap. We didn't anyway, even, we there's didn't our even, offer. We didn't even offer the scented bags on this one. It's just plain old plastic trying to no, hold that. No, they're biodegradable. Fenway went green. Oh, Don't you know? Aspiration. Bag. That's right. That's right. It's, you know, it's part of the rooftop garden initiative. Yeah, it's got that aspiration thing they're big on this year. It's branded right on the bag, right on your pile of dog poop that we threw in your locker today to give you an offer. You're the best, Xander. We love, who doesn't love Xander? Right? Who doesn't love him? The Red Sox. <laughs> He knows how we feel about him. When you say things like he knows how we feel about him, I, yeah, yeah. he might know oh. how you feel about him. He might feel like you don't like him all that much. And that's why he's not going to be here next year because he knows how you feel about him, which is we don't think you're worth what the rest of baseball thinks. He knows worth. what we think about him. We got his replacement this year, but don't even worry about it. Oh, it's so disingenuous. It really is. So disingenuous. So insulting. Good, good better questioning, though, on night two for sure. That's legit. Asking about Boris. Good job. Yep. yep. Good job, Tom Garrett. And, and listen, they didn't go near Boris that's, because... That's a real question. The Red Sox are not are obviously upset with Scott Boris. Scott Boris embarrassed them. Now, the Red Sox embarrassed themselves by offering Xander Bogart's four for 90. But the... Hold on, though. The mixed messaging thing, like, oh, how do you oh, sift through the... There's no mixed messaging there. The, the, the message from Scott Boris was loud and clear. It was F you, Heim Blue. Right. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm going to go above you, around you, to your boss because uh, you're no good. I'm going to Tom. I'm going to Tom Warner and John Henry. I'm going to those guys. I'm not even bothering with you. Yeah, you know everybody talking this week about how you know well, Bogart said. Where are those guys, by the way? Where the hell are the owners on Xander Bogarts? They got anything to say? Speechless. At all? Very quiet on that front. Warner, Warner spoke on opening day. By the way, front door, day. front door's open, John. You want to kick it in again? We're yeah. here to talk at no, any no, time. No. I think John's in the country right now. Where is he? I think he's in England, isn't he? Oh, is that B- where he is? Big, uh, big Liverpool match this past weekend. Oh, great. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Wrong guy for that. Wrong guy. So the Boris thing. Yeah. The inconsistencies, the mixed messages, as it was referred to on Nesson. They did say different things. They did. But why do you, like is, is, do people seriously think that there's some type of disconnect between Xander Bogarts and his agent? On no, this? there's none. No, here's the no, problem. no, no. Xander's not an agent. Mm-hmm. Xander's a good dude. And yep. he can't lie the way that an agent can because he's just not that she's telling you the truth. Yep. Yeah. If they got something, we'll listen. OK. Whereas the agent saying, don't say that. Don't you say that and make them think that you're coming back no matter what. He's probably saying, Xander, let me handle it. And that's when he says, nope, I'm going to draw this artificial bullcrap line in the sand, which is exactly what it is. It's an agent doing agent things, creating false mm-hmm. deadlines, rules that don't actually apply. If Sam Kennedy or Bloom or the owners wanted to pick up the phone today and make a better offer than their orig- original offer, 
He's going to sit there and listen and have a back and forth with them. Of course. That's what they do. So to say we, will, we won't be talking until the end of the season, I don't believe Scott Boris. That's a lie. Well, I also think that... But when, Xander has a hard time lying. Yeah, no, he does. He never tells a lie. He's he, never told a lie. No, he's... Yeah, he cut down that apple tree and everything. But uh, when it comes to Bogart saying earlier this week that he would listen, I think Boris reacts then a few days later because the Red Sox didn't call. They didn't call. Xander Bogart says, call Scott. The Red Sox didn't call because they're not that interested in keeping him. They're far more interested in moving him at the deadline than they are in actually re-signing him. How could you think otherwise at this point? Is there a person on the planet who thinks otherwise? I don't even think Milliken believes that. No, and, you know, we talked about it, McCarthy. I think Bloom's ultimate plan here, you know, not ultimate. I think ultimately could he get Xander Bogarts at this cheap, unfair price? Sure, let's do it. But I think he sees Trevor's story moving to shortstop next year. You know, if everything falls apart, you move off Bogarts. You have one of the top farm systems, you know, top five by the end of the year. Nick York follows that Tristan Casas kind of path here, gets to AAA by next year, and he can be your second baseman of the future come July or August. And that's kind of the route you go about it, where you're not paying premium dollars for Xander Bogarts, who deserves that money. He should be here. And that's my biggest criticism on Bloom right now. It's not understanding. He's falling into the typical nerd path right now. And that's scaring me too much. Because as I always tell you, if you go too far in that direction, you will fail. You need to understand the importance of Clubhouse. You need to understand those relationships. And the fallout that will come with Raphael Devers, with guys like Chris Sale, who spoke out on Xander Bogart's behalf. You have to listen to that stuff. It's important. And Theo, you know, I went back yesterday and I was just listening to the speech he gave at Yale, just talking about where he was and how he fell too in love with the numbers early on in his career as a GM and how he had to learn the importance of players and the relationships and the chemistry and that other stuff. It's important. And we saw how much that meant to that core when he was in Chicago. It needs to be valued. And I'm scared here that Himes not going to value it. He's too far into the numbers in this case, too much into the value of a Trevor story in this case. It's going to burn you. And it's going to burn in a couple different ways. Am I telling you your franchise is going to fall through and they won't compete? No, but you're going to be ruining your chances to compete at the highest level the next couple of years. You went back and listened to his speech at Yale. That indicates to me that you've listened to it once before and something compelled you to go back and listen to it again. I saw it on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Making the rounds on Twitter. All right. His commencement speech. I didn't see it. I, <laughs> commencement I, in which I don't, he, I don't fa- is it, is it like a blue five check years mark ago too. at Yale? A.T. Yale, or is it, yeah. the, is it the sign? Is it the symbol at? At symbol. At symbol Yale? Correct. Gotcha. <clears throat> and he makes it clear that he did not value the personal aspects of the players as much as he should have. I would also note that Theo won two world championships in the early portions of his career. So Bloom certainly hasn't come anywhere close to that. Can I just say this, though? Are you signing Xander Bogarts because he's uh, a good clubhouse guy or because he's the best player on your team right now? Both. Both. Like, Both. Why do you even have to get to that part? Right. If he's looking at it just from an asset perspective, he's still the best player on your team. Oh, no, but, but an asset, Mark, an asset is that, well, we don't want to pay him $30 million. We'd rather pay Trevor Story $23 million, And then if we trade him at the deadline, then we get a couple prospects to go along with this. And you just keep doing this thing. You keep getting good value. And you have financial flexibility when a Nick York comes in and plays on yep. his rookie contract till he's a free agent. Exactly. That's the way it's he very looks exciting. at it. Oh, that gets God. me fired up. Oh, yeah. No, you'll you'll never win doing that. You might, you know, be competitive-ish. You might bubble Ish. up and, you know, go Would to you the say ALCS. It's sustainable? Uh, no, I would not say it's sustainable. 
which I know they preach over there. I think you'll be sustainable, but average. And that that's just you won't be there yearly to compete for a championship in one of the hardest divisions of baseball. You just can't. They're not even like average right now. No, but no. I think ultimately, as McCarthy also said, I think they're going to get to rate around 500 and you'll be an extremely mediocre team. That will be the path you choose. Yep. That's exactly the path I'm is choosing from the Matt McCarthy phone. Not as good as Jimmy Stewart's phone. Oh, what's the phone saying? Asking somebody about Xander Bogarts' future and potentially trading him. Yeah. This person said, I think it would be Heim's dream come true, to be honest, to trade somebody like Xander Bogarts. Dream come dream. true. Oh, yeah. Especially when you see these reports that they will be overwhelmed by the calls that they get on Xander Bogarts at the deadline. Real yeah. quick on that. You're just not going to get a super return. That, that no, That's not. the thing. And unless the extension stuff kind of confuses me, maybe Xander Bogarts will do that because of his no trade clause. But if Xander Bogarts really wants to go get that money and have the freedom to kind of check in, he's going to want to hit free agency. Uh, I'm Make tell- these teams bid for you. I'm telling you right now, they will trade him at the deadline. They're not going to get a significant return. Bogarts has a no trade clause. He can pick his destination and he's going to be a free agent. So unless there's an extension to go along with it, you're not going to get an elite return for him. And they'll some- just take it. And something I said from it. the beginning on Bogarts, if you are playing on a team that is lacking offense and you are the the true offensive and I'm not saying like, you know, baseball experts are going to be fooled by it. But if there's a chance you get a little more pop in the eyes of some prospective teams for next year by being the one good offensive player on a team that's lacking, isn't that better than even if he were to waive his no trade clause and go join a team that he wants to be with and stay with? But then he becomes like another guy in a maybe a lineup full of good hitters. Maybe it does him. It, it, it serves him better to stay here and be the standout player offensively on a team that is otherwise struggling. He wants to stay here, Hardy. The Red Sox don't want him. All right, 617-779-0985. We'll get to your calls next. We'll talk to Bruce Arena coming up at 1250. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Laney to 45911 to see which four Laney Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Laney to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. They bring you insight like no one else can. Rigor Marole. Rigor Marole. Rigor Marole. I don't think I can say it. Zolak and Bertrand. 98.5. The Sports Up. Derek White out for the Celtics tonight. Birth of his first child is happening or has happened at this point. Not exactly sure, but he is out of tonight's game. Celtics hopeful to have Marcus Smart back. He's expected back in the lineup. And Al Horford doubtful. Game time decision. For tonight's game. Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart, that is. Yeah, game time decision. But I, I believe it's trending in the direction of he will play, but still up in the air. That's not exactly a solid thing to know right now, whether or not he's in. It could be another situation where you find out an hour before tip tonight that he's not in there. So we wait to see what happens with that. Is it a must-win game? Celtics heat tonight for the Celtics? I don't think it is. You're taking a real Bruins approach to this like I did when they went down 0-2 to Carolina. Yeah, difference would be between you and I on that series. I didn't think the Bruins were the better team. In this series, I feel the Celtics are the better team. They've just been dealt a couple of bad blows here early on with the Horford COVID and 
Marcus Smart with the foot, and now Derek White unavailable tonight for uh, going back home. So, yeah, I think it makes the road a lot more difficult, but I think they can do it. I have confidence in their ability to overcome this. I did not have that feeling about the Bruins. I I, I think they make it a series, certainly, if they go down to 0-2. And you know, if they're back at full health with Smart, Horford, Derek White returns, presumably after only missing a, a game two, um, fine. Okay. That, that's... That that is there's very little question that they they remain competitive. I just keep saying to myself, are the Miami Heat the type of team that will drop four out of five games? Should they go up two nothing on the Celtics? And the Celtics may be better than them, but they're not that much better where they can take that many games and only allow the one loss somewhere along the way. I I, I think between Butler and Adebayo alone. Um, those two guys are good enough to where, nah, they're not going to drop four out of five once they're up two nothing. Dominic's in North Andover on the Bruins today. What do you got, Dominic? Uh, I'm actually on my my Heim Bloom stuff, my my weekly Heim Bloom sure. call. Go with that. Now that uh, Milliken McCarthy are there, I just want to um, gather the troops for the I hate Heim Bloom. He's literally destroying this team. He has no idea what the Red Sox mean to this city. He's a certified loser. As long as he's around, we're going to be barely competitive. You said it earlier. We're not even competitive right now. They're not even average right now. I think calling him a loser is just yeah, unfair. I just, it's, he was in the ALCS last year, and a big part of it was the reasons he made to get you there last let's year. Let's talk about his philosophy in running a baseball team. Yeah, that's where I'll come in. Will he be able to hand out those contracts to the important key members of the franchise? I think that's the question. He's shown he can do just about everything else. He's helped rebuild the rotation again this year. you got to give him credit for that. Uh, the bullpen is missing yes. an arm without a doubt. Um, but overall, I think if you're going out here and saying Hein Bloom's automatically failed at his job, it's unfair. It's not time. People cite the 2020 season. It's ridiculous. You, you lost two of your main rotation arms before the year started. You had Ron Renneke as I, I your manager. Bl- I don't blame him for 2020. No, no one here does. Well, don't Matt waste McCarthy your time with that. Actually. Don't McCarthy waste your time does. with that. I'm not wasting my time with 2020 in a shortened mm-hmm. season Doesn't and count. COVID and all this. This is year three and they suck. Right. What's your excuse for that? And that's where you hold Heim accountable for yeah, this I year. Am. But we you, do it every are day. you calling for his job? Uh, I would consider it if this is as bad as it looks like it is this year. I yeah. just I don't think they're going to be in the spot by the end of the year. And if he lets Xander Bogarts or trades Xander Bogarts away or lets Xander Bogarts walk, and as a result of that, Raphael Devers is looking to get out the door too, then yeah, I'd fire him. Yeah, fire if both those fans. guys get out the door, I, you should hold him accountable. He should be out for that. Okay, then yeah. fire. Then he will be fired. Let's set that right now. They lose Bogarts and Devers, Heimblum, automatic firing. That's why I do it Goodbye. now. That's why I do it now. And I know I'm ahead of the game on this, but... I, I want to do it preemptively because he is going to trade Xander Bogarts at the deadline. I don't know why you can't hold a guy accountable for his team being trash in the year three on the job. Right. This is not some rebuild at this point. If you are not contending in year three, after going to the ALCS last year, Milliken, then you need to look at, at you know, Heim Bloom and his philosophies and the way he approaches this. The thing about Heim Bloom is he always, always, always kicks the can down the road to the future, the future, the future. There was not a single move that Heim Bloom made this past offseason that had anything to do with 2022. I, Trevor Story fits into that. While it also no, put, no, 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 he, no, he doesn't. Both. Trevor Story is here both. for one no, reason. He it fits into both. You did sign a guy in Trevor Story for this year who was supposed to give you an above-average bat in that sense. It does fit. It can be present and future. You can say you're doing a both. A move for this year would have been finding a first baseman. Yes. No, Which he had no be, interest to do. Because at the end of the day, that first baseman wasn't going to be playing there most likely by the middle of the year. 
could you have gone and found another platoon partner? Sure. But at the end of the He's day, you were very, not going to go pay for first baseman. about Tristan Costas coming to the major leagues, which I am it, not yeah, for middle, 2022. Middle of the year. I, I middle think he's a year. good prospect. Yeah. I'm not convinced he's coming up in the middle of the year and making a huge impact on this team. I'm not convinced they're going to be willing to bring him up this year because no. they see what this team is. No, I, and to be totally honest, I, I think Costas is going to be an elite, elite player at the big league level. I truly believe in, in, in him. I mean, I think he's as, as good as hitting prospects come. I'm not convinced that they're bringing him up. I've been asking around on this and saying when they're bringing up Casas, and people keep saying not anytime soon. No, yeah, it's it's not going to be this month. We're talking. We're probably talking July-ish at this point. That's it's- sort of soon. <laughs> like, I like how when when someone says not anytime soon, mm-hmm. that means maybe this year. That doesn't mean he's coming up in July. I think you're going to see a very similar timeline to what you saw with Andrew Benintendi and Rafael Devers. What? No, Ben Benintendi was in the minors for a year and a half. They're, no, they're I, slow I, playing. The, they're I slow mean, in terms classes. of when they're going to bring these guys up, I think it's going to be an August type of area. That, that's what I'm referring. Got it was it. just July a minute ago. What happened in July? No, July now it's August, August, right in there. Andrew Benintendi, right was the in first there. Week I mean, August. that's a third of the season. First that's sort of, of a big window. Yes, but at the end of the day, you you still have enough on this team to get you there. You never had to lean on Tristan Cassis, and I'm telling you. This one year, it's a failure for Bloom if they are not in the playoffs, if they're not competing at the top. There's no doubt. But you can give credit to what he did last year and the other moves he's made, including this year, to put this team in other spots. Whether it's, you know, Rich Hill, whether it's Michael Walker, whether it's Matt Strom. There's been moves there that have put you in a good place. There's still right things happening. They're not in a good place. What? How many times what? do you have to no, tell you there's, there's other teams pieces. not in a good place? You can recognize there's other pieces. He thinks no. in his mind they're in a good place. No, 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 no nobody, nobody, who has said pieces? that? You tell, just said it. You put time. them in a good place. No, they're in a bad place. Their roster, they're in a bad way with right now. parts of their roster, Beetle, you can recognize where he's hit. It's not like he's missed every single spot this year, and it's, you know, he's done nothing right. There's been things he's done right. He's also had an offense that, with multiple guys who are much better ball players, and a Kike Hernandez, and an Alex Verdugo, than we know that have done their things here. The that, guys who are regularly overrated by right. the Millicans. 100%. The Hernandez and Verdugo. overrated. Alex Verdugo. He's not even giving you what happened to his breakout? Whatever happened yeah. to Verdugo's breakout year this year that it was supposed to happen? He's, Did that get uh, he rescheduled? He's slowed down. No kidding, because he's Alex on. Verdugo. Yeah, that's he is right. what he is. He's not you're that telling good. me he's a 200 hitter? He's No, he's no. not a 200 okay, so hitter. so that's the conversation. No, but we're talking about league average play. If you're getting league average production out of those guys, it's a completely different season. His expectations for Verdugo have always been completely out of whack. Beetle, you want a great way to trigger Milliken? Just say that Andrew Benintendi is a better player no, than Alex Verdugo. They're about the same which, right now. By the way, overall, they are. They are literally, look at their stats. They are literally the exact same player. My favorite player. thing is Matt McCarthy clinging to Andrew Benintendi and, you know, screaming about two weeks of great Babbitt luck when he's had 108 weighted runs created plus over his last 100 plate appearances. It's been the exact same wait, guy he's been his entire career. Winkowski. Wait for Josh Winkowski. Yeah, who has a two ERA, two just, ERA and seven starts. Wait for Winkowski. Two ERA and seven starts. Is, is that right? Waiting on Thank Winkowski. You. It's all Thank you. about the future. It's never, ever, ever never about, about the, the present, which is why you need to move on from this general manager before he fully completes his destiny and morphs into Ben Sherrington. <laughs> <laughs> and trades. It is his destiny <laughs> when he, he manifests. Is, when yeah, he manifests it. When he manifests himself into Ben Sherrington, yeah. because that is who he's going to be. He will trade Xander Bogarts at the deadline. He even looks like Ben Sherrington a little bit. The Red Sox have a thing. They have like a certain robot yeah. look. They yep. they go for. D- Dombrowski was a big departure from that. Yeah, yeah. I know. They have a certain Ivy League nerd that they like for the gig. <laughs> imagine imagine building a baseball team that goes to the th- playoffs three straight years. Oh uh, boy, Dombrowski was a real departure from the uh, the instability of the Heim Bloom and Ben Sherrington model. The other thing I would push back on is the whole. Uh, the, in addition to the Heim Bloom is the losers. The Heim Bloom 
doesn't know what the Red Sox mean to this city. It's like, okay, I don't even know that you have to know. It, you know, and, and by the way, what does it mean? To the city as a whole? Did we take a vote? Did we all band together and sign some proclamation as to what the Red Sox mean? We did. No. As a matter of fact, sometimes fact, that can did. be beneficial Sim- to, a, to a guy in his position to not have some emotional uh, shackles to the team and do whatever is right for the team. You can look at it objectively without letting your emotion and your what it means to the city. What do they as mean a to the city right now? Did you yeah. see all those red seats last night? <laughs> That's another good point. One, there's been a lot of vacant seats at the ballpark lately. Yeah, it's been an easy get in. I have enjoyed that. Helping the local economy, the small guy like me, you know, help me get into Fenway on the cheap. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And it's been the one good thing about this Heim Bloom experience this year. It's helping me get into the ballpark for 15 bucks. Thank you, Heim. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you, Heim. Thank you, Heim. Seven games under 500. Yeah. Many good seats available. We'll get to more of your calls after this. Here are the headlines. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. (laughs) Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on backstagecountry.com. Text queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. They bring you insight like no one else can. Used to have uh, the trainer slap him before every game. Zolak and Bertrand. Slap me, come on. Slap me harder. 98.5, the sports up. Six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. The phone number. We'll talk to Bruce Arena, Revs head coach, coming up. We got a couple of Revs guys here in the in the room, in Hardy and Matt McCarthy. So why don't you guys do the interview? Because you are far more knowledgeable than I am. I'll take a segment off. What do you say? Do whatever you want to. T Bone, good. No. Oh. And T Bone's in a mood today. In a mood that he doesn't want his host to take a segment off. Yeah. We have three capable hosts in the room. That's the truth. Uh, but we're you, all replaceable, and I'd you like to ask, remove it for a second. You ask good questions to Bruce. I, 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 I just try to. I think I think the interview would be lacking if you did just sit That's up. Why we call you Scratchy? <laughs> Is that what you call me, Bruce? Bruce. 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 Tom. Bruce, talk to me about your team. Uh, let's go to your phones again. Uh, Jonathan's in Randolph. Jonathan, thanks for hanging on. What do you got? Hey, um, uh, first, I, I got a quick question on the uh, show and then a comment on Xander's uh, contract. Um, when the show goes off the rails, as it uh, sometimes tends to do, who gets yelled at by management, Zoe or T-Bone? Ooh. Mm. I think T-Bone I, hears I don't it know. first. Zoe's, I don't think Zoe's ever been yelled at, so <laughs> I would have to say T-Bone. Oh, that, that that explains a few things. But uh, anyway, about um, uh, Xander's um, contract, uh, we we know Bloom wants him gone. He he doesn't care. But ultimately, obviously, Bloom will 
listen to whatever Henry tells him to do, assuming he ever, you know, shows up in the country again. And I know Bloom was hired, essentially, (laughs) to stop the reactionary um, ups and downs of the Red Sox over the past decade, you know, make the playoffs last place in the division, alternating sort of thing. But is there a chance that John Henry's seemingly innate reactionary nature might actually save the team here with fans being mad about Xander, the team underperforming, but he overperforming that nice combination. Well, I would never rule that out. I would never rule out an owner getting involved. I remember when the interview did take place with Felger Mazza, John Henry bragged about unmeddling uh, with the Red Sox and not getting involved and how Larry Lucchino runs the Red Sox and how he didn't want Carl Crawford and made that known that he didn't want Carl Crawford, but the team went ahead and signed them and signed him anyway. I always thought to myself after that, why is that such a bad thing if you as an owner are involved? And there is a fine line. You want the people that you hire to do their thing, right? You want them to have the power, and you want them to be the ones running the team. You don't want to be Jerry Jones. You don't want to be Robert Kraft when he first took over the Patriots and was out there holding a stopwatch. You don't want any of that. You don't need that. But on a cornerstone type of player, a franchise player, yeah, I I do want my owner of the team saying, that guy we're signing. I don't care that it gets in the way of whatever your dreams and fantasies are of trading him for a boatload of prospects. Pay that guy, would you? I mean, at some point, you say, we've got a balance here. We've got a balance of developing prospects, and we've also got a boatload of cash because, well, we sell a lot of tickets, and we're the Boston Red Sox, and we make a lot of money, and there are some guys we're just going to keep, and that's one of them. That's healthy. There needs to be a healthy check and balance on Heim Bloom, and, and the issue is there is not. And it does come from ownership, I think, not being all that involved. And I think Heim Bloom is here for a reason. He's here to run run the Red Sox differently. He's here to run them a little bit more like the Rays with, obviously, more payroll flexibility and more power. But they're just letting Heim Bloom do his thing. And the problem is Heim Bloom doing his thing places no emphasis on somebody like Xander Bogarts, places no emphasis on actually building the team for 2022 when you were in game six of the ALCS. There's no check and balance on a first-time general manager or chief baseball officer, whatever his stupid title is, that they gave him. There's nobody overseeing this. There's nobody going into high bloom and saying, hey, you know, it's great that you got great value for Hunter Renfro. You still need a right fielder and you still need a first baseman, so why don't you go out and think about this? There's nobody over there on Jersey Street holding the general manager accountable for this. He's off doing his own thing, and that's not healthy. There is no healthy check and balance on a first-time you know, head of baseball operations. That's the issue. We've got that in the mix, but also today, Cam Neely leaving open the possibility that Bruce Cassidy does not return as head coach of the Bruins, saying that he's a fantastic coach, but saying that the team does need to change the way that they do coach. Uh, Liam is in Charlestown. What's up, Liam? So, um, I was just talking about um, bringing back Don Sweeney, and I think that it's something similar to what Bill's doing. He's keeping his friends around in the front office, and I just thought that was a similarity there, and I want to see your thoughts. No, I mean, I think there's some of that that goes on with that team. Cam and Don Sweeney are friends, but they've also both been intimately involved or, or a big part of what the Bruins are for the last however many years. Don Sweeney was here when, when Peter Shirelli was here. I hope people realize that. He's not new to the organization as GM. He's been a part of this organization alongside Neely for a very long time. How's Neely ever going to have that breakup with him? I don't know that he... Well, 
if he's talking about a coaching change as opposed to a, a change with Sweeney, I don't know that it's ever going to, to happen. It would have to be something that he is so opposed to, and he almost kind of goes against Neely's wishes that they appear to be in lockstep on some of this stuff. And if there is a departure, it's between Neely and and the reports earlier of the way the team is being coached. No, it would just easily explain why it is that Cam Neely today basically said, Don Sweeney's doing a good job. Bruce Cassidy isn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we can boil it down into one thing. that's Okay, yeah. what did Neely say today? I said Don Sweeney's pretty good contract extension. On Cassidy, they have problems. What? How do you explain that? How does Tra- trade how do you deadline. explain that away? Liked what they and, did at and, the trade deadline. And if you're looking for the explanation, it's well, he's longtime friends with Don Sweeney and they've worked together forever and he's never gonna fire Sweeney, but he'll he'll turn over coaches, no problem. But that's the, the league. But the, the long- NHL does that all the time. Yes. But the longer answer is he thinks they should dump and chase and he likes that they picked up Hampus Lindholm at the deadline. That's the that's the longer answer. We'll talk to Bruce Cassidy coming up next. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text Oscar to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Oscar to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. And the guy who has to put up with both of them. Hardy. Hey, nice shirt. Where'd you get that? At the crappy shirt store? <laughs> Just get it. How you doing? How The Sports Hub. Welcome back to Zolak and Bertrand on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Let's go to the Volkswagen Dealers Expert Hotline. Welcome in the head coach and sporting director of the New England Revolution, Bruce Arena, with us once again. Hi, Bruce. Good afternoon, man. How are we doing, Bruce? Um, 2-2 draw against Atlanta. We are not slipping into being satisfied with a draw on the road, are we? Because I know in the past you said you're not down with that. I would agree with that. Okay. I, I think, again, it's a game where... We, we could have collected three points. Okay. So right. we've got better. You know, Atlanta's a very good team at home. Hadn't, hasn't lost a the game there in 13. So, you know, it wasn't going to be an easy game. But we were in position with a 2-1 lead to come home with three points. Um, uh, with Adam Buxa scoring again, multi-goal game, um, is there something specifically happening with him right now? Uh, to where he's he's had all this recent success. It's nothing new. It's not overnight, but he's he's on a special kind of run right now. Well, he, he's finishing his chances and he's getting some good service. He had a chance to get a couple other goals as well. So he's he's playing well. He's getting the kind of service he needs. So you know we're real pleased where Adam's at right now. Bruce, talk to me a little bit about finding you know consistency. Obviously, you've played you know so many matches, extra matches this year. You know, coming off last year. Does that create challenge in, in finding, you know, consistency with your lineup and, and you know, guys finding, you know, stability and finding their play? I mean, obviously Adam's playing so well right now. Does that come from, you know, just getting as many opportunities as he has? You know, what, what, what would you say about that? Well, he's playing week in and week out yeah. to start with. So d- during the year, you know, we've lost Turner for most of the games, Kessler for most of our games, Bo for most of our games. 
Uh, we have new additions now, and, and that's going to take some time for them to adjust. So it's been a bit of an awkward year, obviously, to start in the first uh, one-third of the season. Hopefully we can get some continuity now, and I think that'll allow us to be better and more productive for sure. And, Bruce, just following up on that, you know, kind of being an odd year, Matt Turner is going to go to Arsenal, you know, later on this summer, I think end of June, if I'm not mistaken. How do you how do you manage that situation as a coach? Obviously, that's your star goaltender. Uh, how, how do you approach that? Well, we're, we're preparing our new goalkeeper uh, to replace him. Uh, he's getting Open Cup games. Uh, he's in with us every day in training. Uh, he's getting used to the team, the players, the environment. So he'll be prepared to uh, you know, move into Matt once Matt leaves. You've got Cincinnati on Saturday. Um, I, I hear they have a real talent on their coaching staff. How do you prepare against the likes of uh, it Kenny? I can't remember his last name. What's the kid's name? I tell him uh, he doesn't get his allowance if they beat us. <laughs> You're coaching against your own son this weekend, Bruce. How do you do it? I'm real. I'm real proud of him and the head coach Pat Noonan, who worked with me for a number of years uh, at the LA Galaxy and played for me with the Galaxy as well, and is a former uh, New England Revolution player. So I'm, I'm proud of those guys, but. You know, we're going there to beat them, and they're going to try to beat us. But uh, it's rewarding to see how well they've done with their team. So I look forward to the game. I'm I'm sorry, but I would imagine that you have personal relationships with so many people in the game after so many years and all the success that it's probably not uncommon for you to uh, do some socializing with uh, the opposition or the enemy. So it's it's not like it's going to be out of place if uh, if you get some quality time with your son this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm having dinner with him Friday. I'm going to go see his new home and visit my grandchildren. So I really look forward to it. It's, it's obviously business and all, but uh, uh, family is there as well. My wife's going to be there. So we're all looking forward to the game in the weekend. Bruce, talk to me a little bit uh, about Cincinnati. You obviously played them earlier this year, a 5-1 win, but this should be a little bit different with some of the players they have available. Yeah, they're going to change their lineup from the one that we saw in the Open Cup game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they have a player uh, with a lot of similarities to Carlos Hill and, and Acosta, their number 10, very good player. Uh, they have a goal scorer as well with six goals. Uh, a kid, Vasquez, has played very well. Uh, they have a good young goalkeeper they drafted. One, one of the reasons they've been successful, they've actually been able to use the uh, uh, the MLS Super Draft and got two young kids out of college that have played well. Their goalkeeper, Celentano, and uh, one of their center backs, Murphy. So that's really helped their team, and they've done well. They've done a good job, obviously, improving their team from last year. I believe last year Cincinnati won a total of four games. They've already won six. Wow. Um, you're always good for, you know, some cross sports commentary. Any thoughts on the way the Bruins season ended and what the Celtics are facing tonight, uh, game two against Miami? Well, you know, the, you know, the Bruins faced a good team and obviously fell short, but I still think they had a very good season. I remember in the preseason, uh, everyone was complaining about not only the Bruins, but the Celtics as well. And I think the Celtics have been absolutely fabulous. They're playing a great team in Miami, but, you know, I think there's a good chance for them to win game two. And, you know, when they get at home, they're very good. But regardless of uh, how they come out of that series, I I, I think they've had a very impressive year. 
Uh, the coach has been outstanding. Uh, they're developing a, a superstar in Tatum. And it's really great to see. You know, for me, this is uh, obviously the, my first couple of years in Boston, and I've known that the Celtics have always had a great basketball tradition. And to see it uh, up close and personal is really a lot of fun. I think they've done an outstanding job. And uh, they're going to be a team for years to come that are going to be threatening to win an ML, uh, I'm sorry, an NBA championship. Bruce, you said uh, you've been here a couple of years. In fact, you celebrated uh, your third anniversary of your hiring this past week, May of 2019. I'm curious, uh, what about the job has uh, met your expectations or was expected, and, and what hasn't been expected over the course of the last three years being in the position you're in with the Revs? Well, this is definitely a, a, a different kind of environment than I've been used to in my previous positions. Uh, Los Angeles and Boston are certainly different venues, uh, different environments. But, you know, the ownership has been great to me. The Crafts have done a good job. We've been able to improve the roster. You know, uh, we have a new training facility, which is, uh, simply has elevated our team. Uh, we've been able to uh, have some success on the field, and we think uh, we can be better as, as we move down the road. The, the last step here... Uh, for the revolution to really step up and be among the top teams in Major League Soccer is to build a stadium. And I know everyone's working real hard to make that happen. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm very impressed with uh, uh, the job our players have done. Uh, they've been super since I've been here. You know, I inherited a team that wasn't very successful, but a team that wanted to be successful. And they work real hard. So we're pleased with that. Uh, great support by the ownership. The fan base has hung in uh, with us all these years, so that's great to see. And I know one day, our goal one day is to win a championship here. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I hope to be around for a couple more years. All right, Bruce. Well, we appreciate the time. Good luck going forward. We'll talk to you next week. Great. Thank you. Bruce Arena. Thanks, Bruce. The Volkswagen Dealers Expert Hotline. We have Celtics news. An update from the Celtics on the status of one of their players for tonight. Yet another update in the update with Matt McCarthy right now. No commercials.